0: All right, Matthew chapter 6. Our Lord is teaching us how to pray, and uh, we are learning about prayer in the Lord's prayer. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9, Jesus said, Pray then in this way, in this manner. Here's how to pray. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, it's good to be in your house today. Thank you for this opportunity to gather together and uh, in in your house and with your people and around your word. And now, Lord, we, we invite you to teach us to pray. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've already seen that the Lord's prayer is not a prayer just to be mindlessly recited, but rather it's a pattern. It's, it's a blueprint that we can build our own praying on. And uh, last time we saw the paternity of prayer, our Father which art in heaven. And so we talked about our heavenly Father, the Fatherhood of God. So we talked about that. And now we're going to move to this next phrase hallowed be your name. Hallowed be thy name. This is the priority of prayer hallowed be thy name A little boy told a sunday school teacher i know god's name and the teacher said really and what is god's name god's name is howard howard okay where did you get that well from the prayer uh, howard be thy name was well, not howard be thy name hallowed be thy name well pray tell what does that mean how would be thy name well if you have your listening guide let's start first of all by defining a couple of terms first of all let's talk about that word name you probably already know that in the bible name often refers to more than just a person's name their appellation this tag that we use to refer to people Uh, many times in the bible that word name refers to the person himself or herself it refers to their character their integrity their reputation their office their authority their work it refers to a whole lot more than just their name for example in proverbs 22 1 it says a good name is to be desired more than great riches a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches does that mean i'd rather be called jeff than to have a million dollars no if you want to give me a million dollars you can call me anything you want to call me no it's, it doesn't mean that it means integrity Character, a reputation for integrity, is worth more than money. The Bible uses that terminology in terms of salvation as well. In Romans chapter 10, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What does it mean to call upon the name of the Lord? You just say Jesus, 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 and you're saved? No, it doesn't mean that. It means you call upon the name of the Lord. You call on the Lord. You trust in the the Lord Himself. This is what Jesus meant in John 3 when He says, He that believes is not condemned. He that believeth not is condemned already because he's not believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God. He that does not believe on the name of Jesus is condemned in his sins. To believe on His name is to believe in Him and what He has done, His atoning sacrifice on the cross for our sins, to believe in His resurrection, to trust Him as Savior. It is to believe in Him, to trust in Him. Acts chapter 4, there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There's no other name. What does that mean? There's no other Savior. There's nobody but Jesus. There's one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. There's no other means of salvation. There's no other person who can save you. It is only Jesus. So name refers to a whole lot more than just a name. It's it's that person and their work, their office, their authority. We pray in Jesus' name. Jesus said in John chapter 14, He said, whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. We pray in Jesus' name. You know, it's, it's one word at the end of the prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's all one word, right? <laughs> what does it mean to say, in Jesus' name we pray? It means we pray in accordance with, with the will and the purpose, the authority, the character of the Lord. We pray in Jesus. We, we, we pray in keeping with Jesus. It's in His authority, in line with His will and His agenda. Just imagine... You're praying to the Father, and, and Jesus is standing right next to you. And so here you are talking to the Father. Lord, would you please? One, two, three. And Jesus says, Father, what He said, count me in. You know, ditto what He said. I, I, I'm in on it too. That's, that's to pray in Jesus' name, that Jesus can, can co-sign that prayer, that he, that he would authorize that prayer to pray in Jesus' name in line with Him and who He is and what He has done, His will, purpose, and agenda. Well, there's name. Now, what about hallowed? Hallowed be thy name. That's a weird word. That's an old word. It's an old English word. And here it translates the Greek verb to sanctify. So what does sanctify mean? Sanctify or to hallow is to consecrate, to make holy, to set apart for God's use and God's purpose, to dedicate to God. That's what it means to hallow something, to to sanctify something, to make something holy. It is to dedicate it to God's purpose, God's use, and God's glory. In the Bible, we find out God sanctifies us, and in a sense, we sanctify God. Now, God sanctifies us. When you get saved, when you turn from your sin and turn and put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, when you ask Him to forgive you and to save you, to be your Lord and Savior... When you get saved, God justifies you. That is to say, He makes you righteous. He declares you righteous with the righteousness of Christ. And He sanctifies you. He sets you apart. You belong to Him and you are set apart for His purpose and His glory. And He's going to spend the rest of your life further sanctifying you, conforming you to the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. He sanctifies us. Here's here's the will of God concerning you, your sanctification. That's what Paul tells us. God's will for your life is your sanctification. You're You're going to be made more and more like Jesus, set apart for His will, for His glory, His purpose, and conformed to His image. Now, in what sense do we sanctify the Lord? I mean, He's already holy. How do you make Him holy? Well, you don't make Him holy, but you treat Him as holy. And here we're talking about sanctifying His name, hallowing His name. That is to say, you treat His name as holy. To treat His name lightly is to treat Him lightly. So we, we hallow His name. Now, let me give you a little bit of grammar here. Let's, so hang with me, we're going to get off into the, into the high weeds. Hang with me. In the language of the, of the New Testament, this is an imperative verb. It's passive, and it's a third-person imperative. So what does all that mean? Well, it's an imperative. We do that in English. An imperative is a command. It's instructions. Stand up, sit down, leave, go, come. Those are commands. It's not a statement. It's a command. That's an imperative verb. That's what we have here. Here it's a passive verb. And it's in the third person. Now that's weird. We don't do that in English. In English, all our commands are in second person, right? You know, first person is I and we. Second person is you and y'all. And third person is he or she or it or they. That's third person. So here we have an imperative in the third person, and it's passive. So literally, it's it be hallowed. (laughs) Your name. It be hallowed. Now, that's just weird. It's not our, in in the Bible, it's not our place to give God commands, right? I mean, after all, He's God, we're dust. (laughs) Dust doesn't command God what to do so we don't give God commands so this is it's it's a command with the tone of a request or we could say it's a request with the force of a command Lord hallow your name would you please (laughs) it's kind of like that so it's a third person passive imperative now brother Jeff why in the world would you tell me all that who cares here's what I want you to see Here in this pattern prayer, this blueprint for praying, the very first petition, the first ask in this prayer is not, Lord, solve my problems, heal my body, meet my needs, fix this, fix that, do this. The very first request, the priority of this perfect prayer is, Lord, hallow your name, please magnify your name may your name be lifted up magnified celebrated and put on display we're going to find out all three of these first requests hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done they're all that kind of imperative a third person imperative lord hallow your name would you please manifest your kingdom please do your will please and we're going to find out with all three of those requests. It all starts with me. Starts For the prayer, it's a petition that begins right here. Lord, hallow your name in me, in my life. Use me to glorify you and lift up your name, your glory. No matter whatever else happens, come what may, by any means necessary, Lord, be glorified in me. And then beyond me, and around me, and around the world. And here we go. But Lord, be glorified in me. That's the priority of prayer. It's really the priority of life for a Christ follower. We see this in Jesus. He shows us what this looks like. In John 17, if you want to turn with me, keep your Bibles open. We're going to look at several passages this morning. But in John 17, Jesus is praying it says this in John 17, Jesus spoke these things and lifting up his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you. Even as you, have, even as you gave him authority over all flesh, that to all whom you have given him he may give eternal life. This is eternal life that they may know you, the one true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on the earth. I, I hallowed your name. I glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the work which you've given me to do. Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory with which I had with you before the world was. I have manifested your name. I've glorified your name. Manifested your name to the men whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, and you've given them to me, and they have kept your word. So that is the priority of prayer. It's the priority of life. So there is hallowing God's name. Now, that brings us to not hallowing God's name or dishonoring his name. This request here in the Lord's Prayer, hallowed be thy name, it's a positive compliment to the, to the negative commandment in, in the Ten Commandments. The third commandment in God's top ten list, the third commandment in Exodus chapter 20 is, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. You've heard that one before, right? You shall not take the name of the Lord, thy God, in vain. God will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. He will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. And there, to take God's name in vain it means emptiness, worthlessness, meaninglessness. To treat God's name as though it has no value, it has no meaning, it's, it's, it's useless. To treat God's name lightly is to treat God lightly. Well, how do we dishonor God's name? Let me give you three ways right quick. One would be profanity. Profanity dishonors God's name. Profanity. Adrian Rogers used to say this. A profane mouth is the sign of a a, a weak mind and a wicked heart. A profane mouth is the sign of a weak mind and a wicked heart. If you can't find any better way to express yourself than profanity, well, it's just (laughs) you're demonstrating a weak mind and a wicked heart to use god's name as a curse word shows contempt for god to use the precious name of jesus christ as a common swear word is to show contempt for jesus christ now you think about this for a moment you know profanity really is a fool's sin now i'm not going to try to justify a the wages of sin is death. The wages of all sin is death. The wages of every sin is death. Sin separates us from God and condemns us to an eternity apart from God. But think about this for a moment. In these terms, you know, at least a thief, you know, a thief, when, when he steals something, he, there are going to be consequences for that when he gets caught. And, and, he, and he's going to answer to God. There is the judgment of God to be counted upon. But at least the thief gets the possession of what he stole, <laughs> Uh, the, the person who commits sexual sin, whether it's fornication, sex before marriage, or adultery, sex after marriage, uh, the person who commits sexual sin, the Bible says it's a category unto itself. You actually sin against yourself, you sin against your own body, you sin against the other person, you sin against God, and there are going to be consequences for that, that sin. And again, there's the judgment of God that you can't escape. But at least the person who commits sexual sin has the momentary pleasure of, of the sin itself. But the person who takes God's name in vain, what do you get for that? Except the judgment of God. It is the fool's sin. What a, a foolish sin. God will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Profanity. One. Number two, frivolity or, or triviality. Treating God's name as though it were trivial. As, as though it's, uh, it's frivolous. OMG. <laughs> oh my God. How many times do you hear that in a day? And how many TV shows or programs or movies, that's, that's the punchline of the joke. It, it's a laugh line. It's a catchphrase. Oh, my God. And that's when you're supposed to laugh. That's the laugh line. Oh, my God. I want to tell you, God's not laughing. He will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Um, it, to, 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 to make jokes about God or to use his name in a frivolous manner. Another way we dishonor God's name is hypocrisy. You know, Christians bear His name. Christian, The word Christian means little Christ. We are little Christs. And as Christ followers, we, we carry His name. We bear His name. But when our lives do not match our profession, that's hypocrisy, and it dishonors His name. Well, those are ways we dishonor his name. Let's talk about hallowing his name. The priority of this prayer, hallowed be thy name. God, I want you to hallow your name, sanctify your name. May your name be lifted up. May you be glorified in my life, no matter what, by whatever means necessary, be glorified in me. Well, how do we hallow God's name? How, does God, uh, how is God's name lifted up or magnified in us? Well, let me show you several ways. One would be worship. We hallow God's name in worship. Psalm 34.3, O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt His name together. That's worship. It's a call to worship. Let's magnify the Lord. Let us uh, exalt His name together. Worship, we've seen many times before. Worship is not just coming to church, not just sitting through a service. It's not just singing songs and taking notes. It's not just uh, laughing and crying or having an emotional response to the service. Worship is adoring God. To love Him, honor Him, worship Him, adore Him. To worship Him in spirit and in truth. Warren Wiersbe came up with the best definition ever of worship. Worship is the believer's response of all that he has. Mind, will, body, and emotions. To all that God is and says and does. That's worship. The believer is responsible. all that he is, all that he has to God because of all that he is and that he has done. Worship. And here the, the context in Matthew 6 and in Psalm 34 I just read is corporate worship. Let us exalt his name together. Corporate worship. It's, it's one way we magnify his name, hallow his name. Number two, faith. Faith hallows his name. In fact, let me show you. Let's go to Numbers 20. Again, we're going to look at in several verses. But in Numbers chapter 20. Numbers 20 and verse 12. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you have not believed me to treat me as holy in the sight of the sons of Israel. King James uses the word sanctify. Sanctify me in the sight of the sons of Israel. Therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. You have not believed me to treat me as holy, to sanctify me. To believe God, to faith God, to trust God is to treat Him as holy, to sanctify Him, to to hallow His name. In fact, we hear it again in, in Proverbs 18. Turn with me there. In Proverbs 18, we have the right kind of security and we have the wrong kind of security. In Proverbs 18 and verse 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Think storm shelter. Think bunker, okay? Uh, It's a place of refuge and safety, whether from a storm or an attacking army or anything like that. So it's a safe place. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. It's not just His name, it's Him. The Lord is that, that place of refuge. The righteous runs into it and is safe. So there's There's the right kind of security. The righteous man finds his safety and security in the Lord. He puts his faith and trust in the Lord and he is safe. He finds security and safety in the Lord. A rich man's wealth is his strong city and like a high wall in his own imagination. So the rich man thinks his money will keep him safe. The Bible warns against the deceitfulness of riches. There's no shelter found in money. Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty, but humility goes before honor. So the arrogant man thinks... He is his own refuge. I can land on my own two feet. I'll take care of myself, you know. And Well, there's no refuge there. But the righteous man, he finds safety in the name of the Lord. The Lord is his tower, his refuge, his safe place. So we hallow his name when we believe in him, trust in him, faith in him. You know, we sing the old hymn. Take the name of Jesus with you, child of sorrow and of woe. It will joy and comfort give you. Take it then, wherever you go. Oh, precious name. Oh, how sweet hope of earth, and joy of heaven. Well, faith hallows His name. Thirdly, fear. The fear of the Lord hallows His name. The fear of the Lord. Isaiah chapter 8, if you want to turn there with me. Isaiah chapter 8. Isaiah 8 and verse 12. God tells His people, you are not to say it is a conspiracy in regard to all this people call a conspiracy. And you are not to fear fear what they fear, or be in dread of it. It is the Lord of hosts whom you should regard as holy, and He shall be your fear, and He shall be your dread. Man, there's a whole context there. That's that's a whole sermon in itself in Isaiah 8. But Isaiah and his people, they lived in some uncertain times, scary times. All kinds of conspiracy theories and political machinations and drama and intrigue. I mean, there's a lot going on. People were scared to death. And God says, "You, you don't have to be like that. You just fear me. Well, that speaks to us today, doesn't it? We live in pretty scary times. People all around us are scared. They're scared of everything, and everybody's scared to death. What's the future going to hold? What's going to happen? Oh, to me, oh, my. <laughs> people are scared, but God says to his people, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid of them. You don't have to be afraid of what they're afraid of. You just be afraid of me. I'm the only fear you need. You fear me, and you'll be okay. <laughs> I should be your dread. To, to, to fear him is to hallow him or in verse 13 he says to regard as holy to fear him is to sanctify him to hallow his name we hear it again in first peter turn with me there let's jump over to the new testament first peter chapter 3 first peter 3 and verse 14 even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness you are blessed and do not fear their intimidation do not be troubled But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. So you don't have to, even when you are being persecuted, and Jesus told us you're going to get persecuted, and they're going to hate you because they hate me first. And so even when you are being persecuted, even when the world hates you for following Christ and standing up for what is right and true, You don't have to be afraid of them. You're actually blessed when you're persecuted, but you don't have to be afraid of them. You just be afraid of me. The fear of the Lord hallows His name. And in the same text, lordship. Lordship is another way we hallow His name. Submitting to His lordship. In 1 Peter 3.15, he says, Sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. Sanctify, hallow, set apart, consecrate. Sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. When we submit and surrender to His Lordship, we are hallowing His name. Romans 14 says that Christ died and lived again, that He might be Lord of both the dead and the living. Um, uh, Philippians 2, Paul tells us that God has highly exalted Him and given Him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things on the earth and things under the earth, things in heaven, that every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Lord means owner, master, ruler. Uh, He's my owner. It's not my life anymore. I've been bought and paid for. I, I belong to Him. He bought me. I'm redeemed. I've been purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm not the owner. He's the owner. I'm not in charge. He's in charge. I don't call the shots. He calls the shots. In fact, I'm a walking dead man. (laughs) if you know Jesus you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God and I've been crucified with Christ it's no longer I who live but it's Christ who lives in me in the life I live in the flesh I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me and now I just present my body as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto him which is reasonable act of worship and service so he is Lord when we submit and surrender when we recognize his lordship in our lives we are hallowing his name when we follow him as lord and then evangelism is another way we hallow his name again first peter chapter three he says sanctify christ as lord in your hearts always ready to to make a defense or give a reason an apologia. It's where we get apologetics from an apologia, a reason a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is within you be ready to explain your faith why do you believe what you believe why do you live the way you live what's the basis of that faith that you have in jesus christ Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So we hallow his name when we share the gospel, when we live out the gospel in such a way that our words and our lifestyles, our attitudes, our actions, the way we treat people, that our lives point to Jesus. Our words point to Jesus. In fact, we even attract people to Jesus by our words, attitudes, our love, and our lifestyle. Attract people to Jesus Christ. That hallows His name. Again, this is the priority, isn't it? This is the priority of our lives. It's the priority of this prayer. Lord, I want you to be magnified in me. And Lord, whatever it takes, by any means necessary, use me to glorify you and point people to your Son. I want people to know Jesus Christ. That's the priority. I want to point people to you. And then holiness is another way that we hallow His name. Holy living. 2 Timothy 2.19 says, Nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands having this seal. The Lord knows those who are His, and let everyone who names the name of the Lord abstain from wickedness. Let everyone who names the name of the Lord abstain from wickedness. We've already seen a profane mouth dishonors the Lord, a profane life dishonors the Lord, but a holy life honors the Lord. Holy living hallows His name. Be ye holy as I am holy, says the Lord. And then obedience as well. Obedience. One last one. If you want to look at Leviticus 22. Leviticus 22.31. Leviticus 22.31. So you shall keep my commandments and do them. I am the Lord. You shall not profane my holy name. You don't take my name in vain by disobeying me. You shall not profane my holy name, but I will be sanctified among the sons of Israel. I am the Lord who sanctifies you, who brought you out from the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord. A lot of sanctifying going on there. Listen to it again. Keep my commandments and do them. I am the Lord. You shall not profane my holy name. I will be sanctified among the sons of Israel. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. Obeying him, keeping his commandments, hallows his name. comes back to that lordship deal. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord? Why do you say, Lord, Lord? and you don't do the things that I say. It's a contradiction in terms, isn't it? Those are two words that never go well together. No, Lord. (laughs) No, it's yes, Lord. You don't say no, Lord. Why do you call me Lord? And you don't do the things that I say. When we follow Him, keep His commandments, when we do what He says, it hallows His name. Colossians chapter 3, Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him. To God the Father. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of Jesus. What does it mean to do stuff in the name of Jesus? Whatever you do, whatever you say, whether it's something you do or something you say, do it in Jesus' name. What does that mean? It's in keeping with Jesus. Live your life. The things you say, the things you do should be in line with His character, His will, His purpose, His work, His authority, who He is, and what He's about. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of of jesus that's how we hallow his name so we see again praying is not just uh, twisting god's arm talking god into doing something he'd rather not do (laughs) it's not manipulating god into granting our wishes but the first petition of prayer the very first petition is not praying it's not giving god a a to-do list solve my problems meet my needs do this heal my body the very first petition is god glorify your name Magnify your name. Be glorified in me. That's where it all starts. Come what may, by whatever means necessary, whatever it takes, Lord, I want you to be glorified in my life. Be glorified in me. Hallowed be thy name. That's the priority of prayer. If you know Jesus Christ, that should be the priority of your life. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the privilege of prayer that we can come to the throne of grace, even with a confidence and a boldness in Christ Jesus. Lord, we can admit (laughs) so much of our praying is, is really not about hallowing your name. It's just about making us comfortable and solving our problems and fixing those things that bother us and disturb us. Lord, forgive us. And I pray that today we just be reminded, no, life is not about me, it's about you. And first and foremost, it's about your honor, your kingdom, your will, your glory. Lord, hallow your name in my life, would you please? Hallowed be thy name. I pray that you take charge of this time of decision. And may everything that happens in these next few minutes be a way of hallowing your name. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.